Hello everybody, welcome to the Plumley Pod. This is the first episode of what's probably the world's first international parent-teacher training course. There are just over 200 of us, I think, last time I counted your emails, and we're into about five different countries, maybe a little bit more than that now. So five nations, 200 people, we've embarked, welcome. Most of us are here because perhaps we have noticed that there are some things that we don't like about education right now, particularly in the UK, although that is being replicated pretty much all over the world. And I think most people that seem to find me are figuring out that there's a certain amount of indoctrination going on in our schools that isn't right. Schools are there to educate, not to indoctrinate. I'm old enough to remember a time when teachers were really serious about not ditching their politics into the, into the classroom with them. For example, my, my history tutors at A-level, I have no idea about the politics of uh, my, my two former history teachers. Um, they were certainly both very political. However, I've no idea on, on which side of the fence uh, they were, and that's how it should be. Teachers are there to facilitate debate, to facilitate learning, not to tell people how to think sorry, what to think, I said that wrong way around, not to tell people what to think, but to help people learn how to think. That's exactly what they're supposed to be doing. Um, anyway, massively well done for getting here. It's a big step and I think it's the right one. It's not going to be easy. <laughs> um, it, teaching is, is a challenging um, vocation, even if it's an, only one, two or three children in your home. It's still not an easy choice but it is richly rewarding if you, if you learn to do it properly. You'll have a, a whale of a time. The good will far outweigh the bad. Um, top three reasons why I think you're doing the right thing or about to do the right thing. You have to be in charge of what goes onto and into your child's body, not the state. That has to be a parent's choice always. Uh, I, I can't believe that I, I'm even having to say that. Um, in what's supposed to be a liberal country in, in 2021. It's disgraceful. Um, number two reason, you your child's not, education's not going to be interrupted every five minutes because of testing or lockdowns or, oh, someone in the bubble of 250 tested positive with a test not testing for a virus or for an alleged virus, um, if you believe in germ theory. Um, too many students have missed too many days school. Uh, excluding a whole year group for 14 days, 10 days or whatever, just because of one alleged positive case. That disruption is bad. I mean, think back to, to pre-2020 uh, when schools were, you know, crazy about attendance and attendance certificates and they were ramming down parents' throats how important it is that you don't miss school. Um, if you miss school, if your child misses too much school, we'll prosecute you, blah, blah, blah. Well, where's all that gone? Straight out of the window, right? So hang on a minute. Does missed school lead to less good outcomes? All of the studies say yes. All of the studies done pre-2020 anyway, say that the more school you miss, the worse you do at life. Um, because obviously the early years are, are super important. They are foundations for, for life. Really, school is teaching you how to learn. School is there to help you become an independent learner. So you start off where the teacher spoon feeds you at infant school, like virtually doing everything for you. And as you move through the age groups, through primary and secondary, you become less and less teacher dependent. It become, the teacher becomes more of a facilitator rather than, than, a, than a, a teacher or lecturer. And it, you're encouraged to 
educate yourself. And by the time you hit sixth form, you're almost a fully independent learner. You can go off and, and research for yourself. And by the time you get to university, you're supposedly an absolutely independent learner. And of course, that's the point. We don't want, well, I say we, real teachers don't want students dependent upon them. That's not, that's not teaching. We want students to be better than we are at our subjects and at whatever they choose to study. We want them to go on and, and exceed, our, exceed our achievements. And well, <laughs> that's like I said, that's how it was supposed to be. Anyway, third reason I think you've made a, a good one here. And, and really why I think what we're doing is the right thing to do right now is because you're not running the risk of your child ending up at an unregistered school, which is going to be easily shut down by Ofsted. No question about that. What's an unregistered school? Well, an unregistered school is where groups of parents, children and teachers get together and like hire a venue, maybe the, the local village hall or something like that. And they seem to think the authorities are not going to come knocking on their door. Yeah, well, uh, I don't mean to do anybody down because everyone is trying their best, I'm sure. But this is an, an exceedingly bad idea because Ofsted will shut you down in a second. My bestie from school um, has worked at Ofsted for over 15 years and I very much have the inside line on this one. And obviously I, I use that person's expertise for our benefit here. So whilst it's a very nice idea and I, I genuinely, what a wonderful thing that would be, groups of teachers who are fed up with the system, parents and students, all congregating at a village hall to do some real learning. Um, but do you think the state are gonna play fairly? Do you think the powers that shouldn't be are gonna let us do that? I I just cannot see it. I, I it, It's not going to happen, maybe for a short time. You also have to consider locked, future lockdowns for whatever climate or COVID-22 or whatever. Um, the public health will just come around and close the building cause COVID in massive inverted commas. So they get you either way. If you're looking at what's been going on in Australia, but particularly Canada, Canada have been um, seizing churches, closing them down, changing the locks. Why? Because the congruents were congregating on a Sunday or Saturday to worship and, and do what they do. And environmental health, or I think it's called public health, the one I've been looking at in Alberta, Public Health Alberta, has been going around fining, jailing pastors um, you know, leaders of churches over there. It's completely disgraceful. And the same thing will happen if you open up a, uh, an unregistered school in the UK. If you don't come across, if you don't come a cropper regarding Ofsted, um, which if you've got teachers there, you will. The minute you've got real teachers there, properly qualified people, then you will be classed as an unregistered school, even if you don't call yourself that. Um, the other way they'll get you is on childminding. The rules, regulations and laws governing childminding are really long and complicated. Again, I'm, I'm taking advice from my bestie to try and help you better understand that. But my overall message is as, as lovely as the idea of us all making our own little hubs of schools up and down the country is, it's not go. It, it's not viable. It will get shut down. Um, I know that's not good news and I am sorry for that. But what we're doing here, that, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. That's exactly why I've lost my temper and I'm doing this. I'm going to train you to be a teacher in your house because nobody can take that away from you. If you're doing a decent job educating your children at home and in the outdoors, the great British outdoors or wherever you happen to live, um, then there's nothing that they can do. This is like guerrilla teaching, if you like. We've got to get clever about this. Yeah, we have to play um, around their rules, loopholes and all the rest of it. So that's that's really where this this idea has come from. So what are we doing here? Well, first of all, my mission to kind of put it in a more formal manner 
is to help you remember that parents are the children's very first teacher. The first person who ever teaches you anything is your, is your mother and or your father, probably your mother. Um, and what I've got to do is persuade you that that is the case, that that's a universal truth. Your parents are your first teachers. Those adults that are around you when you're first born, they are your first teachers. And that with a bit of advice, guidance, and probably my boots up your backside, some cajoling is probably a nice way of putting that, um, I can help you step back into that role and own it. Yeah, own it. You are a teacher. You've been a teacher your whole life. You've had children. I'm sure, depending on their age, you've learnt, taught them how to um, use cutlery. You've taught them how to tie their laces. You've taught them how to blow their own nose, perhaps. Again, age dependent. But if, you, if you've managed these things effectively, then you are a teacher already. So here's a bit more of the formal stuff for you. Here's the seven basic components of successful parent teaching as I see it. Designing your child's curriculum. Like what are they, what are they going to study? Maximising your learning spaces, massively overlooked. If you've still got breadcrumbs and toast crumbs and the jams spill all over the kitchen table, not a very good environment to learn in. I appreciate some people are operating in very small spaces. Well, we'll just have to be really good at it, won't we? Um, maintaining schoolroom etiquette, super important. If you're stood there in your PJs and your hoodie, why should your kid have respect for your teaching? Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get on to that um, in, in, in future episodes. Creating your teacher persona, how to plan, execute and assess learning, setting and maintaining academic standards, super important. That's not a state thing. That's, that's for your children. That's for you. That's, it's massively important. And of course, finalising your timetable. I'm going to be here. I'm going to help you out. I'm going to do everything I can to make this work for you and your child or for you and your children very very important you will all have different needs different ideas different philosophies and we need to make sure i need i need to make sure that i'm, I'm giving you a nice range of, of ideas and options um most of the training will be for parents or grandparents i've had a few people saying can i be a, a granny teacher instead of a parent teacher of course you can granny and granddads are so, super welcome perhaps even more so i, I suspect because of my old-fashioned teaching style i'm an, i'm old school i am really old school I'm a blast from the past for sure, um, as far as teaching and learning is concerned. I think I'll probably see eye to eye very much so with, with granny and, and grandma, uh, sorry, granny and granddad or grandma and granddad teachers. Certainly, certainly, you're, you're all welcome. The age range that we're going to be um, able to teach between is sort of four years old, four or five years old, right up to 16. Be aware that in countries like Germany, children don't start going to school till they're six. We do it around about four in, in the UK, but countries like Germany, who are no less stupid than we are uh, when it comes down to um, international standards, they don't actually start educating until six years old. So, you know, those of you who've contacted me who have one and two year olds, please chill out, <laughs> play with your children, spend time with your children, talk to your children. Uh, you, you don't need to get crazy about formal education too soon. Uh, so please relax. It's OK. I have contacts in Germany, actually. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm well in on, on how they do things as well. The way the course delivery, so the way in which we're going to do this is going to be a mixture of videos, audio recordings like this, reading materials, though where there's reading, reading, I will try to do a, a talky one like this for people who really, really can't bear it and or are so squeezed for time. They'd rather listen to this in the car or something on the way to work rather than having to always read. So I'll be, I'll do my best for that. 
Of course, I'm going to do live workshops. Um, it would be wonderful if that was in person. It won't happen. So it's going to be via Zoom, but it will be live. It will be classroom based and um, we will get a lot done. The format will be roughly 45 minutes to an hour of teaching me, teaching you how to teach and um, specific strategies that we use in the classroom to ensure, set up, ensure and assess that real learning's taken place. And of course, I will leave time, always half an hour, maybe 45 minutes for questions and answers so that I can help as many specific uh, issues that, that, that may arise as possible. All the training can be done at a time that suits you. Yes, okay, this, the, the live Zooms um, are potentially problematic for some of you, but I will always offer three of the same workshop. So if I'm doing you know, workshop number one, which is for all, for everybody, whatever age group you're teaching, then I will offer three different times and days so that hopefully you or somebody in your family, a responsible adult, can at least make one of them. This is very much for adults, it's not for children. So don't think you can just come along and plonk your child in front of this and they will learn. Uh, it's not for them. This, this, is for ha this is for how parents do the teaching. Parents become the teacher, um, very, very, very much so. I do have resources um, for students. I have built an online learning platform, uh, but we'll talk more about that in future sessions because what I don't want is people plonking their child in front of uh, a screen and calling it education because it's not. Um, what else have I got for you? Yeah, don't panic. Above all, do not panic. We've got this. I've got you. It's okay. All right, the, you're here presumably because you want to have happy, healthy, relaxed and engaged children, not muzzled, stressed, poisoned uh, and frightened children. Uh, and I've just neatly um, juxtaposed the homeschool versus the school school, the school environment at this moment in time. So chill out, okay? We're getting the big stuff right here. Healthy, happy, relaxed, engaged children is number one. The finer points of lesson planning, resources and target setting will be ironed out later. All right, don't panic about that stuff. It is, it is important, actually, even the target setting. You've kind of been lied to about that a little bit. Um, target setting and assessment is important, but it's, it's important it's done in the right way as well. But I'll talk to you much more about that when it comes to setting and maintaining academic standards. A bit later on, we've, we have other priorities right now. Um, crucially, if you're not stressed, they won't be stressed relax. Children sense fear. Children can sniff it a mile off. Um, so you must you must be calm about this and not stressed. It's also worth noting that studies have shown that children always do better when they think the adult in charge has a plan. And that works even if the adult in charge doesn't actually have a plan. All right. So that, believe it or not, this this is the case. There are, there are huge companies that uh, make a fortune out of schools in the UK. One of them is called Pixel, P I. X, P-I-X-E-L or L-E? I can't remember. They have a funny spelling, but it's um, they may they may have like done a rip off of, of Pixel, um, but they are a company that go around helping schools boost their grades, particularly in the core subjects, and a lot of it is placebo effect. To cut a long story short, so children do best when they think the guy in charge or the or the or the woman in charge has a plan. So. Make sure to tell your kids confidently. Don't lie to them. Don't lie to children. Children know when you're lying. They, they feel it because truth, truth vibrates, right? Truth, you can tell that I'm speaking to you truthfully now because truth vibrates and you will just feel it. You just know that it's true. So don't lie to them. When you're in a better place, when you've done a bit of work on here, make sure you tell them confidently that you have a plan and that you're on a program to train up as a proper parent teacher. 
On that note, super important part, should have come to this more quickly, my apologies. If you've already decided to not send your children back to school, then you have to take steps to officially deregister or unenrol them. The way in which this is done is different in different counties. Um, so I, I can't give you a one size fits all or one size fits no one here. And you need to go to your county council website and go to the school section and follow the links looking at homeschool, home education and follow the instructions for deregistering or unenrolling there. It, obviously, that doesn't affect you if you haven't enrolled your child in a school. So there's no need to worry about that. If you have enrolled your child in school, if you're withdrawing a child from school, i.e. they've been there in year seven, but you don't want them to go back in year eight, or maybe they've been there in year five, but you um, don't want them to go into year six, you must unenroll them, otherwise you'll get people after you. If you're struggling with any of the above, if you can't find how to do it on your county council website, and please do try first, because I will ask you, there's rather a lot of you and one of me. So if you're really struggling, contact me with deregister in the email subject heading. So that's deregister in the subject heading of the email and I will I will help you. Brings me nicely to homework. This is for everybody. Yes, there's going to be homework and yes, I'll be checking up. This is um, quite a nice, relatively easy homework to break you guys in, um, but it's it's nevertheless, it's, it's important. So listen up, you might want to grab, you might want to pause this and grab a pen and some paper. A notebook would be amazing notebooks much much better than than tech tech often fails a notebook if it's big enough is quite hard to lose so have a think about that notebook and pen let's go i would like you please to beg borrow or buy some exercise books file papers okay so long as you have a nice folder to put it in single worksheets um or, or just single bits of paper I was going to say are vastly inferior i think that's what i wrote but they're garbage don't do it it's children don't have respect for just scraps of paper uh, no matter how pretty or colourful it is, they need it needs to be a book. They need to have something all in one. They need to have several books for different subjects, little exercise books. They're not expensive. It, an old English teacher I used to work with swears by it, physically having uh, for the older children a folder of work and for the younger children an exercise book of their work, really important. Um, get together pens, pencils, colouring pencils, uh, erasers, rulers uh, and for children who are of primary age and above a fountain pen and ink. I'm saying pens, pencils, colouring pencils, that's all plural, uh, along with erasers and rulers because things will get lost. Um, there's a there's a pencil, mon anyone who's worked in a primary school will understand the concept of the pencil monster. God knows where they all go, but we have hundreds of pencils at the start of term and nothing or a few little stubs at the end. So yeah, plural, 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 lots and lots and lots, please. The ink pen thing is important, fountain pen. I highly recommend it. It's learning proper handwriting is super good for ch the development of fine motor skills. We don't know what fine motor skills your children are going to need in the future. How can we? Particularly now. But, we, but fine motor skills are something that you want your child to have and learning to write properly, proper handwriting with a fountain pen is super good for it. They'll get, they'll develop a fast and fluid technique that will last them a lifetime. And my favourite part about handwriting, proper handwriting, AI, artificial intelligence, can't read cursive. That may become way more useful than any of us can possibly imagine in the future. Um, number three, uh, a whiteboard. doesn't have to be a massive one mounted on the wall, although that would be awesome if you can. I have one, but obviously I do a lot of teaching, so that was a sensible investment and 
Um, my husband let me drill a whiteboard to the wall in our office, so that was good. Um, but you don't need, if, if you can't do that or it's not practical or it's too expensive, not a problem, um, grab a tabletop whiteboard, a smaller whiteboard, some whiteboard markers and a board rubber or a cloth to, to clean clean the board with. It's just so that you don't waste tons and t you will use quite a lot of paper and um, exercise books anyway, but a whiteboard's really helpful for stuff that you just quickly want to show a student or um, and and get rid of it. So it's it's probably going to save you in the long run. Uh, oh, red and green biros for marking. There was some garbage about red pen upsetting children when children get red pen on them on their homework or whatever nonsense. Get red pens. The cheap red pens are great because you don't let your students write in red, so we can always see what the teacher's written. Um, so I will I will have a rant about. Um, the red pen garbage um, another day. Finally, so just to quickly recap, we'll look, we're talking about exercise books, pens, pencils, the usual stuff, whiteboard, whiteboard markers, and this is my favourite, this little section, a deck of cards, a deck of, of playing cards, an egg timer or some sort of digital timing device. Uh, you can use computers and stuff for that. There's an, there's an online, there's, there are free online timers that primary schools use a lot, which I can introduce you to. If, if, if you if you're if you like tech, although I'm trying to pull you away from technology as much as possible and pull you into the real classroom because children staring at screens all day. I don't have any studies on that, but I'm telling you it's not good. It can't possibly be good. It's not good for adults. It can't possibly be good for children. Uh, so, yeah, timing device. Uh, get some card. We, we're going to be making flashcards. Flashcards are amazing. I still use them to learn, to learn, not to teach. I obviously use them to teach, but I, I use them myself to learn still. Uh, so flashcards, massively underrated. Permanent markers, scissors, dice. Can uh, do lots and lots of things with dice. And a box to keep it all together. And before you start worrying about the cost, get a shoe box, get a cardboard box for now. It doesn't matter. It's just, just somewhere to keep all of your school stuff together. It's especially important if you're using the kitchen table as your schoolroom or if you're using a very small part of a very small premises. So, yeah, boxes to, to keep things in. What's this really all about? This first week is about pulling together your teaching tools and beginning to think more like a classroom teacher rather than a cover supervisor. You know, those people, those those remember, do you remember cover cover lessons. You know, those dudes who can't control the class. They rock up with some garbage works worksheets they printed off the Internet from a free website and they throw them at you and and then you cause them sort of you well you play merry hell don't you um children always have a whale of a time with a cover supervisor and zero what you can guarantee is zero learning will take place for those of you who had horrible experiences of homeschooling during lockdown basically that's why it's, it's likely that your son or daughter was staring at a screen for most of the day uh, and chances are they were staring at a screen where the adult on the other side had little or no training whatsoever in online teaching I've taught online since 2015 um, as, as a private tutor. I don't work for anyone else. I've only ever worked as an independent. I'm a staunch independent and I'll, I'll rant about that another day for you. Um, but uh, with, with no treat, saying that online learning's garbage is what they want you to believe, the powers that shouldn't be. I'll, I'll just ask you this. If, if you're going to learn psychology as an adult, would you like to watch Jordan Peterson online and learn from him? One of the preeminent uh, psychologists and clinical uh, psychologist. Not, he isn't just a psychology professor, he's done his well over 10,000 hours as a clinical psychologist, a real-world psychologist that is. Would you like to learn from him or would you like to learn from, you know, some average psychology professor from an average university? 
I mean, to me, it's a no-brainer. I'm going to sit at home and watch Jordan Peterson all day long. Thank you very much. Um, having an outstanding lecturer, teacher um, on the end of a, uh, a device such as an iPad is, is far superior to having, you know, Uncle Joe from down the road in your house. It just is. Um, I, I think this, this, there's a bit of a myth that all online learning is bad. It is, uh, most of it is, but a lot of it isn't too. So we have to be a little bit careful not to throw the baby out with the bathwater on that one. But that said, we don't want too much screen time. Uh, we want, we, we want to be doing, be doing real teaching and real learning. And that's going to take your time, care and attention and children, children like variety, you know, I mean, as if that, as if we have to be saying things like that how why is that not obvious crazy anyway moving swiftly on if you're willing to put the work in this will be different this will not be like lockdown one this will not be like um the version of homeschool that you've that you've tried and had a, perhaps had a, i've had lots of emails saying how much of a disaster they've had don't worry this will be different if you do if you do the work this will be different and i stress that you can fit this all of this training and the prep around a full-time job if you are working full-time and planning on teaching your children properly though if it's just you you've got to work full-time and you're the one teaching your children you're going to have to treat being a parent teacher as your favorite hobby yeah this is going to be a late it's got to be a labor of love you've got to invest time in it for it to be successful this is not a checkbook solution all right you can't just pay some money and make this problem go away the only way to do that is to if, if you want to pay money and make the education of your children not your problem then i'd recommend a, a top private school which would be <laughs> perhaps tens of thousands of pounds sometimes a term sometimes a year depending on what level of private school but if you really want to pay your way out of this problem then if i'm speaking honestly then that is what i would do this this is not this is this is the hard work option this is not the uh pay some money and, and the issue goes away um, that said, don't be hard on yourself, all right? You can't train to be a teacher in three weeks. It's not going to happen. But what you can do is start to acqu acquire the skills and we can develop the skills over time. So uh, breathe, focus on collecting your stationery together and begin to think about what really matters, the vital parts of education. For me, that's the three R's, reading, writing and arithmetic. Uh, obviously, it's of the utmost important that children are amazing at these three things. They're the basis of everything. They're your foundations. And actually, you'll possibly find that you're better than your children at these things, particularly uh, if your children are aged between four and 16. Um, if you look at the kind of grammatical errors, really embarrassing grammatical errors that are made all over social media by people in their teens, 20s and 30s, I have to say, shockingly, teens, ten, teens 20s and 30s, you can see that something is going wrong. These people have not uh, mastered reading writing arithmetic these people can't do english grammar they're not effective and that that's shocking what what have they been doing you know you spend 11 years in school and you can't tell the difference between your and your or two two and two i mean goodness me what, what is this we can at least you know get get that sorted out anyway think about a trip to your local library to source some reading books you may also find a textbook that could be of use to you if for example maths isn't your favorite or something like that. Students of all ages benefit from drilling skills in reading, writing and arithmetic, particularly after a long summer break. So don't be afraid to start them off really easy because it's amazing what can be forgotten even in a matter of six weeks. Uh, let's have a look. What else have I got for you? There are tons and tons of free teaching resources available online and some paid ones. Don't pay for anything. Not yet anyway. Just hang fire. Don't buy things. Uh, there's a lot of free stuff and I will send you out some links to free stuff 
in, in, in the next seven days or so. You will learn the hard way, probably, because no one ever believes, believes this at the start, but most online resources, you'll spend ages looking for what you want, think you've found it, and then you'll find out it wasn't what you exactly wanted anyway. I have spent, I have lost many, many, many hours of my life doing this as a, as a teacher, particularly as a, a new teacher and an experienced teacher. I ended up making my own resources because the best, the best resource, the best worksheet, the best game you ever devise or ever make is for, for development is always the one you make yourself. And the main reason for that is because you you fully understand it because you've designed it. You've, you've gone into the detail of why you're doing this, how you set the, the lesson up, etc, etc. So don't worry too much. Um, for now, you can use whatever whatever you find that's free from the internet on one condition. And this is the bit that always gets missed, the crucial part. If you're serious about teaching, then you have to do that worksheet yourself as if you're the student first. You need to do your kids' work first. It's for three reasons. Number one, you can then be sure that whatever it is, the resource, the textbook, the worksheet, the game, whatever, actually does what you want it to do. So you will set a learning goal, i.e. I want my kid to be able to tell the difference between your and your, that's your, Y-O-U-R and you are, Y, uh, the other your, Y-O-U apostrophe R-E. If that's your learning outcome, you need to be sure that the, the sheet that you've given them or the, the textbook you've given them or whatever it is you're doing with them actually achieves that. And if you haven't bothered to go through it yourself, you can't be certain that it does. Just because it says on the, ti on the title, uh, teach your kid the difference between your and your, it still might not actually do that, believe it or not. It still might not actually do what it says on the tin. You will find that a lot. Uh, so be really careful with that. Number two reason that you need to do the work yourself, the work that you set your kid yourself, is you will be able to find places where the, where your student's going to fall down and make mistakes. And um, what you need to be doing is you don't want to then dive in and tell them the answer. That's not teaching. Unfortunately, that is what rather a large number of teaching assistants do. And I can say that because I've had loads of them in my classrooms over the years. Uh, that's not teaching. That's doing the work for them. Um, you need to be thinking about how you might explain the concept in a different way as and when your student makes that mistake. Also, you might want to think about additional materials that you might want them to to give them a different opportunity. So they might have made a mistake and instead of correcting the mistake straight away, you might want to give them another opportunity to look at the same problem from a different angle and see if they can spot the mistake. That's a really valuable teaching technique. But we will go into these techniques specifically during proper sort of workshop training. So please don't worry if that sounds technical. I'm just trying to give realistic examples because I'm aware that I'm talking to a, a really, really wide audience here. Some of you will might even be teachers yourself. Some of you, you know, haven't been inside a school since you were knee high to a grasshopper. So I please you know, bear with me with that. I'm having to <laughs> cover a broad spectrum here. Number three, uh, the, the third reason you need to do your work before you give it to the children is you want to ensure that the resource isn't riddled with errors because if there's loads of mistakes in the actual work that's set it's really off-putting for the learner and you'll do damage you'll make the child think that, that they've done that, that they are getting it wrong and that they're doing wrong things the child will blame their themselves before they blame the worksheet so we have to be especially in subjects that are emotional like mathematics we have to be really careful all right so please you must do the work yourself Loads of you were thinking, I don't have time for this. I, I haven't got time to do the work that I set for my children. I've got a full-time job, this, this, this. I get it. However, if this is the case, you have three choices. Make time is your first choice. That might mean long Sunday afternoons of prep for you. You could nominate someone else to do the training or be in charge of this, like a grandparent or perhaps a spouse to do this work. The final option is to send them to school or get your checkbook out 
um, and, and hire at least three hours a day of a high quality tutor. If you're not paying 30 pounds an hour or more, if you're not shelling out 30 quid an hour or more to an independent tutor, not one who works for an agency, because that money won't be going to them, the, the tutor will be going to the agency mostly. Uh, I literally know of agencies where they charge 50 quid an hour, they pay the tutor 20 and keep 30. Uh, I, I literally know of this happening to, to colleagues of mine. So um, if, you're, if you're going down the private tuition route, then you need three hours a day from highly high quality, fully independent tutors. Again, if that's your strategy, let me know. I'll help you as, as much as I can. The brutal truth, time, time for a truth talk. Brutal truth is constantly throwing unamended, untested worksheets or online courses at your children is not teaching them. Many online courses or online schools are glorified computer games. And while some of them can demonstrate your child's progress, do you have any idea what exactly they're progressing in and to what real world standard? What you're doing there is removing your trust in your local school and handing that trust over to a private company. And the private company's main goal, regardless of what it says on their website, or regardless of how convincing their adverts are, the primary goal of a private company that's selling education is to make as much profit as possible. It's as simple as that, which is why I'm an independent and I work on my own. I work 80 hours a week. I, I bury myself. I do take uh, Christmas and summer off, but I bury myself 80 hours a week because I'm an independent and I will remain so, so that I don't get corrupted in, in, in that way. So your, your private companies just have to profit. They're interested in as much profit as possible, not educating your child to the best possible standard. That's their at best, that's their secondary uh, focus. So what, all I'm saying is be careful who you allow to teach your children. At the end of the day, the person who is most interested in your child's development, academic or otherwise, is you, the parents. And I return to the beginning there where I'm saying parents are the original teachers and the best teachers. You've just forgotten and need to be reminded. I know that's a lot to take in and I talk loads. I'm sorry. I'm shortly going to wrap up. I promise we're nearly there for the first week. I just want to say this. Have courage. Back yourself to put your child's education first. And for goodness sake, don't worry about the first week. <laughs> Write it off. Here's why. Most schools won't even be going back yet. And if the truth be told, the first week of a new term is usually carnage in a school anyway. Huge amounts of time are wasted. You know, you've got your new timetables, uniform shenanigans. Uh, lectures from the new teacher, teachers, a new set of classroom rules, assembly, registers, all kinds of garbage that relate to, well, not all of it's garbage to be fair, but large parts of it are, are nothing to do with educating your children, more to do with the organisation of loads of people in one building. So chill, all right? This week is not a big problem and to some extent next week isn't either. So please relax. Use this time to gather your thoughts, gather your resources and here are the next steps. So information and the sign up links about the live zoom workshops this is where i will be teaching teaching i'll be teaching you how to be a real teacher real classroom strategies to help children learn um information about that and the links will be out soon i'm not going to put an exact date on it because i need to see what numbers we've got and, and put you into appropriate groups etc etc but that will be out soon i'll be in your inbox in the meantime every sunday every sunday evening uh with the week's parent teacher training focus so something like this uh, and your homework. So I'll be telling you what this week we're focusing on gathering resources and our thoughts. Um, next week it will be a bit more about designing and whatever. But uh, the, the homework will obviously always relate to what we've been doing. There's also going to be a drop in like a surgery or a clinic called Teacher Talk Thursday. There'll be 
no masks, no jabs, no hand sanitizer, and strictly no social distancing, uh, because of course it's online, uh, unfortunately. But uh, the drop-in will be Teacher Talk Thursday, which is for all parent-teacher members, every Thursday evening, half past seven till nine o'clock UK. So that's 1930 to 2100, half seven till 9pm UK time. And this will be a private thread for those of us who want to ask each other questions, share ideas, give feedback on and, and share experiences. And I'll be there in the thread to assist you. I'll be there for the for the 90 minutes online with you, um, uh, answering questions, putting you in touch with each other or whatever it is we need to do to to improve what, what we're doing. Teacher Talk Thursday is optional. You don't have to do it. It's an optional part of the course. Um, it, and as such, I've put it behind a paywall £3.50 a month or £35 for the year. And the reason I've done that, the sole reason I've done that is to keep out the bots, trolls and 77th, all of whom I have directly had personal problems with this year. Um, again, it's not it's not a compulsory part of the course. You can totally do this course without that. Um, but I've had to put it behind a paywall because I've had some serious trouble. Basically, long story short, I went on the Richie Allen show on the 3rd of June and I enjoyed it. I loved it. I am super grateful to Richie for letting me um, come on the show and, and, and have the opportunity to speak out about what's going on or not going on in our schools. However, I've not had a moment's peace on social media since I did it. I'm not complaining at all. Again, totally grateful. And I knew it would happen. I knew I would get serious problems. Long story short, for the second time, I think it's fair to say my name is on some kind of list or perhaps my name is on the list. Uh, in any case, I have hidden us behind a paywall for the um, Teacher Talk Thursday Substack, the um, company, the website that I'm putting all my resources on at this time, all my material is, they set a £3.50 per month limit. That's the minimum they will allow. So it's, it's the lowest I could set, set the bar. I tried to type in a quid a month and they wouldn't let me. The lowest amount was, was £3.50. So that's why that's there. There's no need to sign up for it. You don't have to sign up to Teacher Talk Thursday to do this course. You can absolutely do it without. However, I have a feeling that it will be an excellent way for those of us who really want to get stuck into this and do some serious teaching business in private, I think that's going to be a, a really strong part of, of this. From some of the things that I've done in the past, some of the courses I've, I've attended myself in the past, I find these these private little groups are an awesome place to um, say what we really want to say and do what we really want to do without being interfered with. Um, on that note, I do have, you know, sometimes my Twitter DMs get deleted without me reading them. I've had emails go missing, emails back date, all kinds of weird shenanigans. Um, I'm taking steps to secure more things. Uh, so that that is all going on in the background, but uh, I trust Substack, um, their alternative. And I think they get uh, the, the kind of censorship issues that people like me are experiencing elsewhere on the web. Uh, also on that note, I've produced additional materials, um, assistance, interest articles, all kinds of extra support for people who are majorly red-pilled. If you're red-pilled and way down the rabbit hole, you've got way more worries than um, ABCs and 123s right now. I completely appreciate that. I'm also on that page and I'm preparing how we educate children for a very different future should the worst happen. Uh, I don't mean to scare too many people with that, but if you if you know what I'm talking about, if you're already well down the rabbit hole, don't worry. I'm actually on that page as well. And again, behind that same paywall, I'll be able to, to answer some of your really really dark questions to the best of my ability and, and, and give you the, you know, any advice that I can on, on how we might, how we might prepare um, children for whatever future uh, might be, might be coming our way. Got to be all for now. I've talked the pants off that. Um, 
uh, to do what do i what else do i need i if, if you obviously you're listening to the the audio so um i'm available at sarahplumley.substack.com that's sarah sarahplumley.substack.com and um if you if you want to get signed up to the uh teach talk thursday and the red pill stuff then uh, get on over there and, and click click subscribe and that should all happen automatically and instantly I will be back the same time next week. Um, the article that I wrote is much shorter. It probably would take perhaps less time to read it uh, for some people than to listen to this. So it's entirely up to you whether you want to read or listen. The listening one's more chatty and there is obviously extra material in the, in, in the podcast than, than in uh, the writing uh, to, re to reflect people's um, attention spans. And sometimes, you know, people get really frustrated if there's a long piece of text on their phone or on their iPad or whatever. So I'm trying to spread uh, spread out how I how I do this as much as possible. But the format will be each Sunday night you will get an email with um, the written piece and a little link to the podcast if you prefer to listen or if it's more convenient for you to listen rather than to read. All for now, have a fantastic week. Do not stress, I'm here. Uh, I'll be around uh, this Thursday between 7 and 9.30 p.m. UK. That's when I'll be live in the, the thread in the, in, the, in the chat section. And otherwise, make, make the most of it. Enjoy yourself. And I will see you more or less same time, same place next Sunday. Cheerio.